0: Join the Chilla movement. Download the app and subscribe to enjoy over 250 episodes of the show, plus exclusive content, all ad-free, straight to your ears. It's everything you need to banish the bullshit and have one-on-one time with your favorite virtual bridesmaid, Alicia. We're giving you a 20% discount on a 12-month subscription. Simply download the app, follow the prompts to subscribe, and use the code word Aussie. That's A-U-S-S-I-E. Download Bride Chiller today in iOS and Android app stores. Happy days! You're listening to the Bride Chiller Podcast, helping bride chillers and groom chillers plan
1: their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time.
0: Episode 281 of the Bride Chiller Podcast. I'm Alicia, the host, who has just come back from the dentist. <laughs> what an opportune time to record a podcast! when I can only feel the left side of my face. I have a slight bit of palsy, can't even say the word palsy because the right side of my lips are not working uh, due to the anesthesia he has injected into my face. Yeah, so a bit of a weird time to be recording a podcast, but my schedule is tight and I really wanted to get this done and be able to share some information with you, such as the Bright Shiller podcast. If you're new to the show, I welcome you with open arms. This is a bullshit-free wedding planning podcast. I encourage you to listen to lots of other wedding planning podcasts, but I sort of feel like this is the one that you come to when you are done with all the aesthetic stuff. And I do talk about this. I can't even say. I do talk about... I have to really think about my lips. I do talk about the aesthetics of wedding planning. The actual planning process, but also Bride Chiller is really about all of the emotional stuff that happens when you're planning a wedding and all of the bits and pieces that perhaps, I don't know, wedding magazines don't really talk about. Which brings me to today's topic. And that is a discussion that's been happening a lot in the Bride Chiller community, our lovely Facebook group. If you're not in it, join it. We would welcome you with open arms. That is looking at stress, anxiety, and depression. When it comes to wedding planning, I'm not necessarily talking about stress and anxiety that have been caused by wedding planning, but this is, this also fits into this category. But it's a discussion that I do believe is very important because it's not being had often enough. Someone linked to a, an amazing article which I'll put in the show notes from um, a Practical Wedding, uh, and it was titled "This is how I cope." This is how. Oh, I can't speak, guys super apologies palsy this is how i'm coping with being depressed and engaged and it's a really good read but the discussion that that article spurred on the bride chiller community was really open and honest when it came to their responses and their personal experiences and i admired that so much that we've got this community going where people are actually open and happy to speak about mental health and anxiety and depression in such a you know authentic way I understand that a lot of people who suffer from depression and mental health issues and anxiety, that adding the stress of wedding planning, expectations, the extroverted nature sometimes of wedding planning for people with anxiety, this is not something that necessarily you want to get involved with, standing in front of an audience and feeling like you're going to be a big part of the day and the center of attention, which you are, but I can absolutely relate to the idea that if you have anxiety about that that sort of moment, thinking about it for months beforehand doesn't make it any easier. If you've listened to the Bride Chiller Back Catalog or the Save the Date Wedding Podcast, my old show, same show, different name, I have featured um, a couple of episodes about depression, especially. And I really wanted today to share an excerpt of an interview I did, one of the interviews I've done with Dr. Lindsay Beera. Now, she's been on the show three or four times, and this is an episode I haven't repeated before. But seeing that there was so much discussion and just she's so freaking qualified to talk about this, for me to re-record an episode without her talking about this, I feel like it would, I would be amiss to not to not include this and to to replay this. So I wasn't intending to do a, a best of episode today and if you've heard this before can I just encourage you to go back and listen to it because just seeing these discussions and and I know a lot of people on that list aren't in the back catalog subscriber list so they might not have heard this and had the chance and I just feel like what Lindsay the way she talks about mental health, depression, anxiety, even if you're someone that hasn't been diagnosed with it or you feel like you you might be suffering from some depression but you haven't seen a doctor or you have a family member or your partner is sometimes struggling with these issues in their lives. And to be honest, every single one of us listening We'll either ourselves go through some phase of mental health issues. And I say phase as in sometimes we have depression coming into our lives and we suffer from depression and it does go away. Some people are very lucky. It can be attached to circumstances or other times it can just be who you are. This is in in us. And I know my mother was a, a, well, I actually think now my mother's no longer here anymore. She's dead no longer here anymore it's like she's just left the room she's dead harsh but true but I remember as a child my memories of her are of someone with very up and down mood swings depression definitely depression and I think now if she was still alive she would have probably been diagnosed with something a bit more specific and would have hopefully sought help which I think so many people choose not to do because they're scared and they're worried about how they'll be perceived when, in fact, by seeking help, it'll make their lives and those around them hopefully easier and, and more manageable. So I really wanted to be able to share this episode with you and for you to go back and listen and hopefully embrace some of the things that Dr. Lindsay Beer has to say and share. She's an expert in her field She's our age. She gets what we're going through. She gets the environments that we're in. And she also, which is what I love about re-listening to this episode, she gets it. We're in this sort of temporary, weird peak stress that we can all cope with in different ways, depending on our circumstances and our experiences. But if you have a pre-existing mental health condition, it doesn't mean that just because you're engaged that you're instantly happy or things are going to work for you. It's all going to go away. And I really think we need to remember that and be really kind to ourselves and those around us who are affected, instead of just presuming people are going to be happy all the time. Because fuck, that's life. It's just not, it's not the case. So I will share with you now. (laughs) It was a very dramatic pause. So here is the episode. More pauses. It's like days of our lives. It's very dramatic here on the Chiller podcast. I really hope you enjoy this episode. And that my face comes back to life eventually, so I can say, he he much more easier than I currently can. Also, final notes that I might refer in this episode to the show as the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. As I said, it used to be called that. Now we changed it to Bride Chiller. So if you hear that, I'm not speaking in another dimension. It's just the old name of the show, the end. Dr. Lindsay Bureau. she is, uh, at, well, What I'm going to get her to tell me exactly what she is, but she was recommended by lovely listener Jill she's her friend and she said, I think Lindsay might be able to help you out. Welcome to the show, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Did I call you Dr. Lindsay. or Does that sound like Dr. Phil? It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Lindsay, tell me about your qualifications, your background, how
1: we came to be together today. Absolutely. So as you mentioned, I'm Dr. Lindsay Bira. I have my PhD in clinical health psychology. So that makes me a clinical health psychologist. And what I began to specialize in is the stress response in the body. So the mind-body connection, how our environment provides us with Stressful situations that our body then responds to. And this can be immediate stress or more long term stress. And as we know, life is filled with stress. So then it's important to figure out how to kind of intervene and make that stress affect us a little bit less. So there's very key ways that you can work with yourself and do so. And that's what I'm passionate about. And it's
0: perfect for what we're talking about today one of the most potentially stressful days of our lives, which hopefully it isn't, but for a lot of people, it can be.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I really feel very strongly about trying to get people, and this is probably not uh, when we're talking about mental health, to say just chill out because I think that's part of the problem with the stigma attached to anxiety and uh, heightened stressful situations. It doesn't really help when people just go, just be happy, just chill out, just relax, and people are like, are you kidding me? This is not helping me at all. What do you think about? I mean, you obviously deal in this area all the time with people in this sort of situations. Are we going about it the wrong way with the stigma attached to these, um, well, feelings, emotions, disorders, or are we on the path to making this more
1: approachable and manageable in society? Well, I think it's interesting what our reactions to negative emotions is either within ourself or other people. So if we have a negative experience, whether it's depression or anxiety, we usually add on another layer of self-judgment onto that. Mm-hmm. So then it kind of reinforces those symptoms and makes the experience of them worse. So, on, on, along the same kind of line from the other way is stress or anxiety in other people, we usually say what you just said is just relax. Now we mm-hmm. all know that that doesn't work. And positive thinking actually doesn't work either because it's not realistic. So, you know, I think the number one thing to consider here is these reactions are part of the human experience. So there's a level of acceptance that needs to happen, and self-compassion is really important in this as well. But again, you know, how do we practice that? Um, It's one of those ideal states that we strive for, but what does that actually look like? And, you know, I think it's interesting because in psychology land, we have this scale that's often used to measure what kind of stress is in somebody's life. It's called the Social Readjustment Rating Scale. And the top seven relate to spouse and death. And the seventh top one is marriage. So this is a highly stressful life event, as you mentioned, and it should be regarded as so.
0: And what do you think everyone deep down? I think some people cope with stress in different ways. And I mean, you must see it all the time with uh, people that either hold it all in and then just burst or can, you know, compartmentalize it and just be a jerk to someone else, and and mm-hmm. you know, find <laughs> be hard on their spouse or their family. We often get I often get letters from bride chillers saying, "I uh, I want to confess to you, I haven't been very bride chillery. I've been a bit yeah. of an asshole." But you know, that's what <laughs> that's what we do. We all cope in different ways. So I suppose today, my biggest thing, two points that I really wanted to hopefully get you to help us out with is from the perspective of just dealing with. Uh, the stress and anxiety, the general stress and anxiety of organising an event like this, but also really talking about coping mechanisms for people that have diagnosed anxiety disorders and uh, depression and other mental health um, issues, if I say that, uh, and, and really how we can help our family and friends understand that without
1: them just reacting with the cheer up, you'll be fine, move on with your life. Right. Well, I think that, that can be very difficult because we can't under, we can't control what somebody else's response is going to be. But mm-hmm. I think when it comes down to stress management, whether somebody's dealing with mental health symptoms or not, there's a few key things that come into play. One, as I already mentioned, is acceptance. So as you approach this stage of your life to expect Stress to come up and to expect to handle it in not ideal ways. And to also accept when that happens. So like I mentioned, those layers of emotion that we tack on, not tacking on so much of this self-judgment when it does happen. The Mm. other piece there is appropriate communication. So this is something that I think we all find it so hard to implement effectively in our lives, regardless of what kind of relationship we're talking about with our mother, with our spouse, with our best friend, with extraneous friends who are coming to the wedding it's important to communicate boundaries. Now, in order to communicate boundaries, you have to be in touch with those boundaries for yourself, right? So I think the third leg of this is also intention, being in touch with your intentions and how you go about things. So, you know, when I look at acceptance, communication, and intention – they all come together. And intention is the piece that takes a lot of self-exploration from the individual. So what is it that you truly want out of this experience is extremely important. And we often get lost in the weeds of the details of planning such a huge event that it takes us away from our true intentions. And, you know, what would you say, I guess, is is everybody every bride's true intention whenever they're planning a wedding I don't know what would you think
0: I would say for them to have a day that reflects who they truly are and who their partner truly is and have a really nice time and everything goes off without being a big fat mess
1: Absolutely. That sounds extremely accurate. And it becomes really difficult whenever you're faced with all these big decisions that are actually pulling you away from that intention to focus in on those tiny details or whatever details it is. And it's hard to integrate that, that decision in with the intention. Sometimes they feel very mismatched. So it takes a lot Of work to kind of stay aware of those intentions and tap into that, which requires this greater capacity for things like empathy, forgiveness, understanding, taking somebody else's perspective. And that's where I see a lot of the conflict happening with the wedding preparation is not understanding something from somebody else's point of view. Yes, And it's so hard to do that, especially when we're trying to get things done, you know, and everybody is kind of at a different stage of their life with, with different maybe goals, but everyone's intention is the same. And if we can get back to that, then that can help us with communication and even acceptance, those other parts.
0: It's so good to hear you say that, Lindsay, because I get a bit annoyed. I know I've traded off this idea of the bride chiller, and it came from the idea of the anti-bridezilla, and I've heard people sort of say, well, I don't necessarily agree with the bride chiller as well. You can't be too relaxed about things, which mm, I've got problems with that. But I think the bridezilla, when you go deep down, is exactly what you were just describing. It's someone that's overwhelmed, doesn't know how to communicate, is freaking out, the only way that they know how to get a message across is again to yell or be unpleasant or be a diva, and this goes for guys as well. Uh, so mm. you, you've just really summed up, I think, the problem that we've created. Well, within society, because we've put so much pressure on the aesthetics and things being perfect and being like out of a movie, blah blah blah. Uh, but it, you know, it's it's sort of all built up into this massive bridezilla volcano that. People without
1: the correct
0: mechanisms of coping with this, no wonder this stuff happens. It's crazy.
1: Absolutely. And everybody falls a victim to it at some point, you know, because we're human, we're not robots. So this stuff does creep in and affect us. And I think it takes a lot to really develop those intentions and be very mindful of them. So mindfulness is one practice that I'm very passionate about. So what is mindfulness? Mindfulness is staying very aware of the present moment with intention of doing that without judgment. So -hmm. if we think about the wedding experience, when you're on the the stand with your partner who you are committing your life to, that is one of those moments that you want to be completely aware in the moment without judgment and focused on the thing that's right in front of you. Now, that goes against how our brains function because our brains are wired to remember the past and regret things from the past so that we don't make mistakes again, and then also to worry about the future so that mistakes don't happen. So with the whole planning process, it's very hard to be mindful through it. When a bridesmaid comes to you with an issue or a family member has an agenda that maybe doesn't match yours, we tend to react with more emotion or maybe confusion, whatever it is. And that practice of mindfulness, really openly listening without judgment and understanding gets kind of thrown out the window.
0: And and so, between, how do you, mm-hmm. sorry, you keep going. No, no, I've got so many things to say. So many no, questions. You're so amazing. I, it's it's in
1: Really? Okay. Oh my god! <laughs> Don't we so, just love it? Can we just stop and say, Dr. Lindsay, you're fucking amazing. Really. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. <laughs> sorry to swear. I just feel no. passionately. Hey, you know that that's also therapeutic and cathartic. Sometimes you have oh, to swear. Please. <laughs> no judgment, right? It's my number. It's my number one medication. <laughs> right? Exactly. So sorry, you know, mindfulness. Yes. Mindfulness, and in, in, in order to stay in touch with our our intentions, we have to be mindful. We have to be aware. We have to be in the moment and really accessing what emotion it is coming up here and now, why that's coming up and what that means. If we can do that, we're processing our emotional experience in a more healthy way. And we're able to kind of look at it from a distance without being completely driven by it. And that helps us connect with others, understand others and communicate in a way that's going to be effective.
0: So when we are practicing mindfulness, because I actually feel like sometimes we sail through life and this can be, I think, observed every day, not even a matter of wedding planning, really. There are moments in life that I think it's really nice to step back and actually go, wow, that was amazing. Or that was average or look around. I stand on the the tube every morning and look around at all these people and think, oh, everyone has their individual problems and happinesses and foibles and we sort of forget sometimes that we're in amongst this sort of community of other humans. You know, We can just get so focused on our own shit that you sort of go, oh, we're with other people. But mindfulness is one of those things that I think we're not really – instruct it. We don't really get taught that. Right. It's, it's really hard to connect with that if we've never really been aware of it in the
1: first place. Absolutely. It really goes against how our brain is wired, but with specific skills, you can kind of start to practice it. There's no ceiling to the practice of it because it's just working with ourselves and develop developing healthier ways of being, but it's a really good thing to start to practice. So right here and right now, I'm on this podcast with you you're asking me really great questions. Thank you. I'm able to respond to that. We've got listeners tuning in from all walks of life at all stages of the process, yet we're all coming together in this very moment for a unique shared experience. So if we take that pause just right there to kind of get in touch with that, we notice different things that happen for us. Our awareness might increase, um, the connection between us and other people, we might feel more of a connection. And if we can start to practice to kind of shut those things off and just stay intensely aware of here and now for just a few seconds, we can kind of shift, shift perspectives and practice that way of being. I just got really relaxed. <laughs> yeah, that's what it does. You know, you drop those those regrets of the past and worries about the future and suddenly we are just here and now. And if we're here now, it's very easy to access intentions and kind of have that that wisdom of what the best plan of action is.
0: So do you think, for example, like you said, we get reactionary, especially when we've attached emotion, which is, you know, natural because a wedding is about an emotional Experience. It's about a connection. It's about a commitment. So when we're in that situation of having, for example, an argument with a mother-in-law or a partner is not hearing what you think you're saying when perhaps you're not necessarily saying it in the way that they understand. That
1: <laughs> always, <laughs>
0: you know, always. Listen, why don't you get it? Yeah. You're not even saying it properly, you moron. <laughs> so <laughs> how can we step back? Is it a matter of literally pausing and going, listen, Alicia? What are you saying? why are you reacting this way, or is it is it is it a matter of shutting it down and walking away? How do we take the first steps of of creating this 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 sort of
1: mindfulness boundary, I suppose, in the sense of being open about it? right, Yes, yes, and yes, all those things. <laughs> but having a plan is really good. so so being able to practice mindfulness, understanding what the essence of that is, and being able to cue your body and brain into paying attention to the moment. There's certain skills and ways to do that. So that's one piece of it. Also having different skills in your back pocket that maximize communication. So there's a few phrases that I teach to people that no matter what in the world is going on are really good statements to use to communicate your message and make sure that you and the person that you're talking to don't polarize too far. Because if that Mm -hmm. happens, nobody's going to understand anybody. And it Everybody's going to look like an idiot. You know, (laughs) like you just can't get through to them and don't understand their position. When in reality, there's just a lot of emotion in the way. So, statements like, you know, one of my favorites is the I notice, I worry, I wonder statement. So, this is a great thing to have in your back pocket if you're having a disagreement or you're just not seeing eye to eye. So, you just basically call out what's going on. I notice that. It's been hard to connect with you, Nate lately, or I notice that you want X, y, and Z as a part of this wedding. Um, I worry, fill in the blank because of this. My concerns are this: the last part is I wonder so. The the ability to wonder or have curiosity, this is a very mindfulness-based skill because often we slap a judgment onto it and we tell other people what we want or what we think they should do. But Mm. the ability to wonder openly and be curious with another person openly allows space for problem solving and brainstorming to happen. So I wonder how we might be able to meet in the middle of this, or I wonder what it would be like for you if X, Y, Z were to happen. That opens up those channels of communication, makes somebody else at the very least feel thought about and heard. And then, you know, if you truly do have an agenda that you cannot compromise on, you can slip it in a little bit easier. I feel like you've just given a magic answer to most wedding problems
0: because I I really believe that, you know, 80% of the listener questions that I receive, which I love receiving, by the way, I, a, a communication based, you know, you can break it all down and say, this person's not doing what I want, or I'm worried about saying this to this person, or they have different expectations to mine, or we've never even talked about our expectations. It's all about basic communication.
1: Yes. Yes. And (laughs) along with that is the, um, the passivity, the assertiveness, the aggression scale. So that's all on a continuum, right? You can be too passive. If you strike a great balance, then you're being assertive or you can be aggressive. Now assertive is what you want because you're considering your needs and the needs of somebody else. If we're passive, we consider other people's needs, not our own. That leads to anger and resentment. If we're aggressive, we're considering only our needs and not the needs of somebody else. So that can lead to hurting other people and feeling bad in the long term. So that, that perfect balance of assertiveness is really important and can be only attained if we have those skills in our back pocket, those go-to phrases that help us communicate and the practice of mindfulness as well.
0: It is hard, I think, as a lot of people struggle when you are coming together with people you don't know very well people that you want to impress yeah. but then also people that are perhaps giving their two cents more often than you would appreciate it can be challenging to say oh i'm not i'm trying to keep this maintain this relationship or build it but you're really giving me the shits because you're not really you're either barreling over me or you're giving your opinion too much it that can be a huge challenge for people especially if they've come from a family that communicate well or have their own set of
1: uh Uh, I don't know, models about how they communicate. It it can be really hard. Yes, definitely. And it goes back to the frustration that we experience when we cannot control somebody else. And sometimes (laughs) no matter how much we communicate, that person is not going to bend towards what we want them to do. So, you know, I think part of assertiveness is being very, very strong about your message. In order to be very strong about your message, you have to be very in touch with the intention. So repeating the same thing over over and over, I hear you and fill in the blank. That's kind of another little tool to have is the word but – is not ever really good to use in a communication sequence when you're trying mm. to figure something out because it's it's basically insinuating a contrast, right? If we say, I yeah. hear you, but me, listen to me, then that says we're on different sides. If we say, I hear you and this, it kind of adds a next step to the piece and is a more collaborative way to communicate.
0: It gives so much more. It opens the door, doesn't it, uh, completely yes. to to saying, "I want to hear your opinion," just but I'm also going to give word. you mine,
1: right? Yeah. Just that one word, and it changes the way that somebody's brain will perceive a conversation. Really,
0: yeah, because you don't want to be on. It, it, it's like you know the it's sort of animalistic in a way, in in the sense of going back to the idea of of being antagonistic, ugh, bad energy. People pick it up straight away, especially if they don't know you on that level as well. If you're putting that out there, it can be really hard to delete that later on, I suppose.
1: Yes. And the other thing that I think is really interesting is how one person's wedding becomes so much Other meaning, I guess, to other people. So we've got the bride and the groom. So clearly it's because of the union between them surrounded by their loved ones. We have, you know, maybe the father of the bride who it's his daughter's wedding. So that Mm. means so much personally to him in his life. So he's got other goals and desires that he wants as a part of it that may conflict with the bride's agenda. You have the best friend or the matron of honor who's been there and done it or whatever who tries to introduce her own agenda, advice, whatever it is, because it means something to her to have already gone through it and to be able to pass down the advice because it's a form of nostalgia or she wants to help out, whatever it is. But there's so many of these agendas that I see almost like a multiple Venn diagram, all these overlapping <laughs> circles that are pulling at the bride from all these different directions. And, and it's it, it, completely overwhelming
0: and you're not a mind reader. And unless you can ask these people individually what the hell's going on, it can be
1: really horrible. <laughs> exactly. You, you end up thinking, why in the world are they thinking this? They're crazy.
0: <laughs> it's current day Alicia here. Uh, gee, I told you she was good. And I told you this episode is relevant. And what I love about it is that we all get stressed. And Lindsay just speaks about stress like, of course, of course, we all get stressed, but here's how to deal with it. And also, here's why the people around you are making you stressed. And here's ways to actually step out of that sort of stress zone and get some zen back in your life. Oh, God, need that more often. There'll be more of the Bride Chiller podcast. After this, I can say Pegan again, podcast. All right, we are talking – today we're talking all about anxiety, mental health, stress, panic, all this extra stuff that comes on board. I, I did like before the break you were talking all about um, especially bridesmaids. We, I get a lot of questions about bridesmaids and maid of honours and all of the sort of stuff that can come together when it comes to bringing your friends who, as you sort of said, from all different walks of life, you're basically uniting them with all of their back history with you individually individually stuff goes down and one of the things in i've written a book called the guide to getting hitched and one of the chapters is all about bridesmaids and i sort of think that we are unnecessarily uh well not understanding other people's situations when it comes to your wedding especially when it comes to bringing people together with their different histories of your friendships i suppose it's worlds collide as george costanza would say that's right (laughs) (laughs) it's this is one of those things I think a lot of brides sort of go, well, it's my day. Everyone should just get in line and do what I say. And I think that can be a little harsh on friends, especially if they're single or they've gone through a bad breakup or, you know, they've got other circumstances. We can be a little, um, I'm going to say, unmindful, This is probably not even a word.
1: Right. What do you 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 think think about that? I completely agree with that. And it comes down to each person's individual experience of life. So, you know, we all experience each other in a specific way. So us connecting here, right? Or when I spend time with one friend, they don't get the perspective of the whole rest of my life necessarily, but there's many pieces that come into the picture. When it comes to a situation, a big, big life event like this, like a wedding, you know there's there's so many different experiences of it so the bride is shelling out a lot of money to mm. bring everybody together she's being very generous in what she's giving that is much more, if we want to look at finances or time-wise, than maybe her bridesmaids are giving. If we look at the bridesmaids perspective, though, this is not the key thing in their year that they're focused on necessarily, right? Because mm-hmm. there's so many other pieces going on. Also, that financial burden might truly be a big deal for them. So the, yeah. the bridesmaid dress, the gifts, the bachelorette party, it can all stack up very, very quickly. And of course, we all have people in different financial. Financial spots, whether it's job salary, loans, other big weddings or family vacations or whatever it is that need to happen. So, you know, it can be very easy to think, why is this person not giving? I'm doing all this stuff and things should be a certain way. And to be mindful, kind of, of all of these other perspectives coming in, I think is very important. One other kind of key thing here is this word should. Mm. is such a red flag (laughs) word. Whenever, it doesn't matter what circumstance we're in, when we hear ourselves using the word should, that's a giant red flag. Because what should is doing is it's comparing our current situation, which is the reality, to something that actually doesn't exist, an ideal. Just like the justice system, things should be fair. Are they always fair? No. No way. If we have that belief, things should always be fair, we're only going to be disappointed most of the time. So I think it's important to kind of listen to your own internal internal dialogue, and that takes those moments of mindfulness. When things are getting overwhelming, when you're starting to have a lot of emotion, use that as a cue to stop and say, what am I telling myself right now? If it involves the word should, that's a sign that we need to take a step back because it's not the reality of the situation we're in.
0: Mm. And I do think it's hard for people when you are celebrating something amazing and it's a really great time for you and you've got other people in your life that might not be, as you say, going through those feelings who might have had uh relationship problems, who also might be having mental health uh, issues and, and being surrounded by, I don't know, problems in their family, you are asking them as a bride and a groom to come in and celebrate with you, but they can't always be on the same level of happiness and enthusiasm to your event
1: as as you are. That's just That's not really. realistic. And it's nothing personal. And it's likely no. they're not going to share those things with you because they don't want to burden you with your big yeah. life event. So when when you see an odd reaction from one of your friends or you know something happens that you don't understand, it's so easy to fill in those blanks with information that we think is accurate. Often mm. it's not. So to kind of have that greater sense of understanding and almost sitting with the unknown and giving the benefit of the doubt is a more accurate way or approach than kind of jumping to conclusions and getting upset.
0: And we should be doing that in like, I'm going to say real life, like weddings aren't real life, but in our everyday lives as well. We 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 assume so often when, you know, it's a lot of the time completely you know, not what's going on, but we can work that up so much. I suppose that comes back to our, our personal reactions to things as well. And how paranoid and uh, <laughs> I say
1: paranoid, but you know, with friendships, you go, why isn't that when they called? Why didn't they take back? Oh, I sometimes yeah. go, what have I done? What have I done? Oh my God. Absolutely. When there's a bazillion possibilities in that situation. Yeah. And if we really look back over time, the experiences of when that has happened, evidence points to they were busy, they lost their phone, you know, whatever <laughs> it was, but rarely, is it kind of our worst case scenario that our brain is wired to jump to. That is how our brain has evolved. Um, If we look at evolution, the more times that our ancestors could expect the worst thing to happen, the lion jumping out of the tree or whatever it is, (laughs) the greater chance of survival they had. That does not serve us well this day and age when we're planning for weddings or trying to move up in our career or whatever it is.
0: Oh, if I could just take back half of the time throughout my life, I have worried needlessly about offending a friend or (laughs) did they read the text the wrong way? Oh, I think text messaging has a huge problem. WhatsApp and text messaging and how we interpret people's, I don't know, three line, you know sentence they've typed while also doing 50 other things and then I read it and go oh, what do they mean by that
1: there's a full stop in the wrong place is it because of uh, something I've done I think it's sending us all crazy yes and if we look at where we are in this day and age most of the time our friends live in other states other cities yeah. it's rare that we're in the same city as our friend who's getting married or if we're getting married the same city as our bridesmaids it's going to be connection through the whole process that's more restricted to text and and that does, and when we're when we're sensitive, when we're stressed, we're more we're quicker to jump to those conclusions, which just feeds the fuel of the fire. Absolutely.
0: So, Dr. Lindsay, I suppose when it comes down to looking at bridesmaids, just to finish up today, the idea that they are coming a lot of the time from your different life experiences—you might have someone from college or university, and a childhood friend, and they don't necessarily know each other, so that can sometimes be a bit daunting from people coming together and uh, having to, I don't know, not outdo each other, but there is a a sort of form of competition when it comes to bridesmaids, which I don't support, but I think it's naturally in us to sort of say, well, I know her better than you, or I've had more experiences, or I held her
1: hair when she vomited, or whatever. (laughs) Exactly. There's this territorial kind of essence to things, really. And, And it goes back to also, you know, the experience that the bride might have of, you know, this is my day and everybody should, you know, be be really attuned to that, which does make sense. But when we think about our experience with one person, we don't usually see the other aspects of their life. Or we might hear about them, but it doesn't usually take us away from connecting with that one person. A wedding is a situation where all of these different eras of one person's life is coming together. And that can be strange on a couple of different levels. One, it's that territorial kind of where does my relationship fit in with all these other relationships. And then two, have you ever noticed how you might have two best friends from different areas eras of your life and you love them so deeply, they compliment you so well, but when those two people meet, they they're not really oh. a fan of each other forget it they're out of here yes. you got to keep them separate and isn't that interesting you know there's a piece of ourselves that that when we connect so deeply with somebody it's because it's either you know a puzzle piece to our existence or whatever it might be but it doesn't mean that those people that kind of spawn out from us these these connections that we have are necessarily going to get along amongst themselves or see the magic of the, those relationships
0: yeah. And that can be challenging because you're sort of like, well, but this all works. Well, I don't understand.
1: And we come together, we'll be a magic threesome. No, no, just forget it. Exactly. And it goes back to that dialogue. This should be great. This, yes. you know, this is going to be the best experience ever. We have to all, we have to also kind of bring it back and kind of take that realistic perspective as well.
0: Totally. And always,
1: always sort of think that, you know what, it's not, if if they don't get along together, that's cool. You can go and see them separately and have a lovely time. We can't force things. Exactly. Exactly. And that takes a lot of mindfulness practice, accepting the present moment, whatever in the world is happening here and now, just simply as it is, without trying to change it, without wishing it were different, almost just observing it happen because that's what's happening. So, the wedding day or wedding prep or bachelor at party or whatever it is, if there is conflict, not allowing yourself to be pulled from each side, just kind of taking a step back observing it for what it is, accepting it as part of the human experience and the kind of the collide that happens when you merge your different worlds.
0: Mm. And they're the ones that if being mindful will make it a lot better when you're in the future thinking back on the time that you're experiencing now It'll actually, it will actually be meaningful in that sense that you've taken that time, you haven't acted like a complete dick, and you know, you're respectful of,
1: of other people as well and yourself more importantly. Absolutely. And if you have those communication tools in your back pocket, when that's all going down, you can step back, kind of observe it for a second, and then intervene in a more effective way.
0: Oh, my gosh. You're a saviour, Dr. <laughs> Lindsay Beer. I Now, listen, we're going to come back. I've sprung you for another episode. So we are going to talk next episode a lot more about mental health and anxiety and uh, how we can well help ourselves and also help other people around us try and understand or communicate how we're feeling a little bit more clearly so they can try and uh, connect with that. Now, Lindsay, you have a number of uh, one-on-one coaching workshops. People can get in touch with you. Can you just well plug away? Let's just say that
1: because I think there are lots of people listening that will go, let's get a bit more Dr. Lindsay in my life. Absolutely. I would love that. So <laughs> one of the parts of the services that I offer is – partner coaching, so kind of premarital coaching, learning these skills and tools to put in your back pocket so that you can not only design your big day to best match your intentions, but also connect with your partner in a meaningful way throughout it because we all know that conflict arises easily. There's Mm -hmm. also the bridal coaching that I offer. So as a bride is managing all these different facets of the organization and the person management, all those things, how can she do it effectively? So it's things like we just talked about, getting in touch with intentions, practicing mindfulness, having those communication tools in your back pocket, and approaching things with more of an acceptance mindset. I also offer another service which my friend Jill prompted um, is I officiate weddings as well. So Jill is getting yes. So Jill's getting married in Italy and asked me to be the officiant. And it's something that I had thought about for a long time. I really like speaking. I really like getting in touch with the meaning behind things and designing something that's specific, unique, and very meaningful to one person. So just through my profession, you know, connecting one-on-one, giving therapy, coaching, whatever it is. That's something that comes very natural to me. And to design something like that for somebody is just something that I love doing. So that's another branch of my services. So I have the couples coaching, I have the bridal coaching, and then also an officiant. And she's now a part of the Save the Date Wedding podcast team. Yay.
0: (laughs) 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 WWW dot Dr Lindsay Vera B-I-R-A dot com is where you can get in touch with this wonderful lady. You're also very good on the YouTubes and the interweb social medias as well. So you can follow Lindsay. What's your uh, Twitter or Facebook you would prefer people to get in touch with?
1: Either one. I'm on Twitter and Facebook. So just Dr. Lindsay Bira is my handle name. Google that. And it's L-A-N-D-S-A-Y-B-I-R-A. We will obviously today, I'll be plugging the hell out of you
0: on the social media. So you can also, uh, if you follow me, you'll be able to connect with Lindsay as well. Until next week, thank you so much, Dr. Lindsay Beera. And uh, we will be catching up again next Monday. And uh, I'm very happy to be sharing another half an hour
1: with you. Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Happy days. The
0: Bride Chilla Podcast. The only place a cookie cutter should be used is in the kitchen. Am I right?